Uh, leftovers. Uh, I don't eat leftovers very often because I don't cook, so uh, there is that. Um, but that is just it, right? The best thing about uh, leftovers is you don't have to cook again. And actually, I would argue that there are some foods that taste better with a little age, uh, such as chili. I think chili usually tastes better a couple of days after it's made. But in the first reading, after 40 years, uh, the Israelites are on the plains of Jericho. They celebrate the Passover one last time on the outskirts of the Promised Land. After the Passover, the manna ends. After eating the same thing for 40 years in the desert, the Israelites are able to, uh, to eat the produce of the land. So the next time you feel like complaining about having to eat the same thing for a couple of days straight, imagine eating the same flat bread for 40 years. God, with the help of Moses, led the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, and brought them to the edge of the Promised Land. However, one, however, everyone except Moses, Caleb, and Joshua doubted that they could defeat the people that lived in the Promised Land. Therefore, they were doubting God's plan. They doubted that God would help them defeat their enemies. So God allowed them all to die in the desert during the next 40 years, except for Joshua and Caleb. Now, they, now the people were ready to fulfill God's promise to them, the promise to reclaim the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God always provides if we trust in Him. Today's psalm is from Psalm 34. The psalmist says, I sought the Lord and He answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. God wants to deliver us from our fears and regret. The psalmist goes on to say, Look to him that you may be radiant with joy, and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard. From all his distress, he saved him. My brothers and sisters, whenever we turn away from sin and towards God, we become a new creation. Every time we turn away from sin, we renew our baptism. This is especially true when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation. God gives us the grace to start over. We see this arguably in one of the greatest stories ever told. This is the parable of the prodigal son. We know the story well. A jerk uh, of a son asks for an inheritance even before his father has died. What, does, what son does that? By asking for his inheritance, he is telling his father that he wished he was already dead. He is telling his father that the only worth his father is to him is material wealth. After a couple of days, the younger son takes off and abandons his father and brother and goes to a distant country where he foolishly spends all of his inheritance. How often do we foolishly expend the gifts of time and treasure that God has given us? Well, the younger son finds himself in dire need of just the basics, food and shelter. So he hires himself out to one of the local citizens. The citizen sends him out to his farm to tend the swine. If you remember your Old Testament laws, Jews were not to eat the meat of swine. Pigs were considered unclean. Jews were to have nothing to do with the swine. Which is too bad because bacon tastes really good. 
So for a Jew to have to work on a farm tending swine is about as low as one could go. I tried to think of an equivalent. I mean, even garbage men make decent money these days. Uh, maybe it would be like a Catholic having to be a janitor at an abortion clinic. Then Jesus says the son came to his senses. That's great that he came to his senses on his own. So many times in life we need help to come to our senses. We need to be that friend to others to help them see reality for what it is. It can be painful to watch loved ones go through hardships of their own making. Sometimes no amount of lecturing is going to get them to see the truth. To, uh, to help them to see that if they just made one small change, the situation would turn around. Sometimes all we can do is to pray. Maybe along these lines we could note that the father does not go searching for the son. The father lets his selfish son leave with half of whatever he ever owned and doesn't try to track him down. Sometimes I think parents of adult children can push their children even further away by nagging them, even about good things, about coming back to the church. Sometimes their adult children are in such a place that they can't hear the truth that we are trying to tell them. Their hearts are too hard. Sometimes all we can do is to pray for them, pray that their hearts be softened and they see the truth of the situation. Again, the younger son has an epiphany he comes to his senses. He realizes that back home, back where his father and brothers still live, there is no famine, that there is plenty to eat. Now he plans his speech to his father. This once arrogant, prideful prick of a son has been humbled and humiliated. He has returned, his return speech is planned. He realizes that he is not worthy to be a son, but rather a hired worker. Jesus says that while the son was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and ran to him. Is this not our heavenly father? If we turn away from sin and back towards God, he runs to meet us and embraces us. I love how the father ignores the son's speech about not deserving to be called a son. Instead, the father reinstates the son as his son. He has the finest robe put on him. The family ring is put on his finger, the family that he had rejected, and sandals are put on his feet, and a party is thrown. If we show the slightest bit of contrition, the slightest turn away from sin, God the Father is there running to meet us, embrace us, forgive us, and to restore us as his son or daughter. But what about the older son? I suppose this homily is getting a little long as it is, so I'll try and make this short. But the older son has never seen himself as a son. Rather, he sees himself as a slave. Listen again to his words. Look, all these years I have served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. Now it is good to serve others and not to disobey our parents. However, by his words, it is clear that the older son served his father out, not out of love, but out of duty. Now it is good to serve God and others out of duty. Immanuel Kant, the 18th century philosopher, said, In, a in, action, to, uh, in action, to have moral worth must be done from duty. This may all be true, but even better is to serve God and others out of love. 
In some ways, neither son understood sonship. The younger son rejects his sonship, believes that there is a point where sonship can never be restored. The older son never saw himself as a son, but rather a slave. His relationship with his father was transactional, not a gift of self in love. I think there is a danger, especially for those of us receiving the pews Sunday after Sunday for years, to be like the older son. Father God, I have served you for years. You owe me this. You owe me that. I do this for you, and you should do this for me. There is a temptation to treat God as a vending machine. If I give God this time, or I say this novena, God has to do this for me in return. Now, yes, God wants to give us things. He loves giving us things. But are we asking from a place of being a daughter or a son? Or are we asking out of a place of a purchaser of God's graces or worse as a slave? Do yourself a favor and read the diary of St. Faustina. Through her words, we see how desperate God is to forgive us and give us his mercy. Again, God so desperately desires our souls that he is willing to forgive us at the slightest bit of remorse. God desperately wants to heal us and restore us. The first son shows us that no matter how far we have fallen into sin, God the Father will always take us back. God wants to forgive us and give us his mercy. The second son shows us that we can treat God as a master who only wants to, us to do things for him out of a sense of duty rather than as a son or daughter who does things out of love for the father. Hopefully a little kid gives her dad a hug when he comes home not because he or she is supposed to but because he or she loves their dad. God is love. We are God the Father's beloved sons and daughters. So at each moment of our lives, we must strive to turn away from sin and turn back towards love. If we fail, God will always take us back with open arms. God the Father's love for us is always greater and more powerful than our sins. Allow this to be true in you.